Clerk, if you wouldn't mind doing the roll call. Brown? Here. Cooper? Finley? Here. Garcia Sierra? Here. Hunt is excused. Jorgensen? Here. Ketchum is excused. Lazo? Here. Petkoshek? Here. Saiz? Here. Vang? Here. Brongan is excused. And Udis and Elbrus are present. We have quorum. All right. Awesome. Thank you guys for being here. I think Luis and I would be remiss if we didn't say how gorgeous it is outside. Mm-hmm. It's sunny and beautiful. So thank you all for being here tonight. Um, shows a true commitment to the work that we do. Um, with that being said, uh, the minutes for the previous agenda, I mean, the minutes for the previous meeting were uh, distributed. So if there's any, like, revisions, additions, or corrections that you guys would like to see done to them, let us know at this time. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to look at them, go ahead and uh, review them quickly. If there are no changes, I'll entertain a motion to adopt them as they are. So moved. All right. All right. We have a motion by Keith and uh, seconded by Sue. Uh, is there any discussion on that? Given there weren't any corrections, I'm assuming not. All right. All those in favor, signify by sitting aye. Aye. Opposed, nay. All right. Motion carries. I don't think we have any public comment. No, nobody public. All right. Awesome. Awesome. At this time, uh, if there's any disclosures or recusals um, that you would need to say now, I'm assuming based on our agenda there probably aren't any. All right. There are none. That being said, we'll jump into our first agenda item, which is uh, essentially pretty much going to review all the the work that we've done the past several meetings, which is, you know, formulating the content and uh, getting our RFP together, which has been tedious and hard work, but uh, we're really proud of it. So <laughs> hand it over to Brian. Uh, if there's no opposition to it, maybe we can just do a quick run through of it. Um, look at the new revisions that Brian has put together. If you guys want to do that. All right. Awesome. Well, hand it over to Brian then. Great. Um, the one thing that I think would be beneficial for us to to actually new thing to add or to revise tonight would be dates uh, because the dates that we had in here originally were uh, old and we haven't updated them because we didn't know when we would get to this point but now that we are here I think we we probably could talk about them a little bit um, and so uh, and, and it's literally the, the first thing that, one of the first things in here in the RFP. So um, is that okay if we, we start with talking about uh, dates and dates being when the RFP will be released, when questions would be due, when answers would be posted, and then when the due date would be for the RFP. Okay, so... Uh, uh, do you want to mention the Board of Estimates meeting, or do you want me to start with that? Yeah, we can Might be better going from... from oh. um. It's relevant to the discussion of dates. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, you guys gave the suggestion to the, to the Board of Estimates that we would add an additional 150 to the, to the 250 substitute resolution that... Uh, Shiva had brought before the committee, 
and so obviously that was for a total of 400,000. Um, there were various people who came and spoke on behalf of that agenda item, uh, myself and uh, Luis included, and um, there was some discussion on, you know, the concerns around the 400K, like how that would deplete some of the city's reserve fund. However, there was unanimous decision to support our suggestions, so that was really encouraging. And um, it's going to go before the council on the 7th. And um, as we've stated in, in, in emails and things of that nature, if you if you haven't already emailed your alder, um, we encourage you to do so. Maybe have a conversation with them, uh, just encouraging them and imploring them to to vote in favor of the 400,000 um, during the council meeting on the 7th. So. That's the update for that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so with that being said, uh, I was talking with Rachel beforehand, and if this goes before the, when this goes before the council on the seventh, now if it's approved, the mayor would have until the fifth. Yeah. Why don't you you kind of explain this? So just as far as process goes with common council items. Um, Common Council meeting happens on Tuesday. The council decides to do whatever it does. Um, then the mayor, um, as part of the process, has to sign off on the proceedings of the Common Council meeting. That's where he gets a chance then to veto any items that he may want to veto as well. Um, typically, they're signed off on by the end of the week. However, um, Statutorily, based on state statutes, he has to be presented with the proceedings by Friday and then has five days after that to make up his mind. So the last possible day that the proceedings would be signed or a decision would be made would be Wednesday of the following week, so Wednesday the 15th. Um, we would know one way or the other. He could veto the item um, if he decides that that's what he wants to do. Um, and then it could come back to the subsequent common council meeting then for a possible mayoral or a veto override. Um, but those are all questions that would play out in the upcoming weeks. So uh, thank you. Um, okay. for, clarification, mm -hmm. for clarification, Rachel, so the mayor could veto it or could, could he also modify it or does it no. need to go back to the council? He doesn't have line item veto okay. powers, so he would either have to approve it as it is. Now, the council could modify it, right. though, on Tuesday. They could decide to go back to the original amount or some other amount in between. <clears throat> um, but the mayor would not have the possibility to change it once it's presented to him. Either He would either have to accept it or veto it. I, should say. I mean, he could choose not to sign it, and then it automatically becomes you know, mm -hmm. um, approved. But that decision would have to be made by Wednesday. Okay, thank you. Okay. So I think, this is just me, probably the best way to proceed in terms of thinking about dates would be assuming that that everything would go according to, to plan, and by that I mean the Common Council would approve the amount the mayor would sign off on it, and then the um, the RFP would be released. Because if there something didn't go according to plan, then we would have the next meeting to discuss options, and it, this the RFP wouldn't be released. Does that sound accurate to city staff, Lara? 
So what date are you suggesting? So my suggestion would be that uh, if Wednesday the 15th would be the last day to, to sign something, then Thursday the 16th would be the issue date that we would be able to use. And then your suggestion is issue it on Thursday if all goes to, as planned. And yes. if for some reason the money is not allocated and the committee is stuck with only 50000 for example, right. um, the original amount, then... Or, or any other amount. If yeah. Maybe they, it, it's only, maybe the Common Council says we're only going to give... Can the Common Council say we only want like 275000 mm -hmm. The Common Council could amend it however right. they see fit yes. at the meeting on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then... If that was to happen, we would meet at the next meeting, which is on July 7th, 7th. to discuss uh, any changes or modifications to be made. So, so in other words, if I, if I can, the, the, yeah. the proposal is to issue it on June 16th, I think you said, yes. if the full $400,000 is approved by the council and the mayor, and if not, then reconsider the whole thing at, the, at our next meeting. Is that is, am I understanding that correctly? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's that's what I'm suggesting. Um, unless anybody has another suggestion, in which case, please, I'm all ears. Like definitely, we can talk about it. That makes sense to me. So, sure. Um, Uh, would be at their next meeting, which is June 21st. So still before your next meeting. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so for, from a process perspective, you need this item would need 15 votes at the Common Council meeting. A mayoral veto needs two thirds in order to do it. So you would already have your votes, theoretically, for an o a veto override, some people view veto overrides differently than the original item, but you, know, you need 15 votes to pass this item regardless. Anyway. Mm -hmm. And Rachel, how many votes is two-thirds? 20 are on the Common Council, so seven, I mean, it would be oh. 14. 14 is oh. 14 would be, so it's over two-thirds. So, yeah. So one less than they need to pass to it originally. pass it originally. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. They just need to be committed twice in a row. Is it, is it two thirds of the entire body or two thirds of those present? Uh, I believe it's two thirds of the entire body, but I would have to double check on that one. The item needs 15 votes to pass, no matter how many people are there. A mayoral override, though, I would have to okay. double check on how, if it's curious. of those present or if it's of the entire body. See, I didn't realize that it could potentially go back to the Common Council and get the veto overridden, and then that would kind of give us the green light to put it out again. On mm -hmm. if, if the veto gets overridden, does that still have to go back to the mayor to sign? No. No. So you can't, you know, you can't have a vicious cycle of vetoing, <laughs> and you can't veto a veto override. It would just be <laughs> that would just be once he signs the proceeding. I mean, he would have to sign the proceedings, but he can't veto it again. So we wouldn't know by the 21st whether what we uh, agreed to this past election. Right. So we, we wouldn't necessarily need to wait. So 
Right. So maybe would it work if we were to simply say that we would we would issue the proposal the day after the full four hundred thousand dollars is approved, either by signing by the mayor or by a council override, and then have all of the other dates fall a certain number of days thereafter, rather than date specific that the staff could then plug in once we know what the issue date is. Yeah, I mean you could. Yeah, you could make a motion that says it would be, you know, the day after final approval by the common council or whatever it is. So. Um. Sure. I, I sure I'll move that the issue date be the day after the full. $400,000 is allocated by the is, is finally allocated. And it could be 400000 or whatever they have decided on. Well, I was suggesting, I, I'm not sure because I'm thinking that if, if, if oh. they allocate less than the 400000 we may have to revisit this to figure out how we can shave this proposal down because this is not a, a $50,000 proposal. Or request for proposals, rather. Yeah, I believe that we have two options. One is that we would approve and authorize the release if it is 400,000. Right. Second option is that the council modifies it, that we need it needs to return to the committee. That's my suggestion. And that's on July 7th, and we review it at that point. Right. So my motion then is that we issue the the request for proposals the day after the full $400,000 is approved. And if it is not approved in the full amount, that we take up the matter at our next meeting. That's the motion. Second? Okay. All right. So we have that motion by Keith and seconded by Mr. Sice. Is there any uh, discussion on this, this matter? All right. All those in favor, please signify by stating aye. Aye. All those opposed, nay. All right. Motion carries. Thank you, Keith. We still want to run through it and, you know, review it. Well, do we, we have these subsequent dates, right? Do we, do you, I assume we'd want to settle those today, too. And it strikes me that the way to do that is to look at how many days we want to give for each stage and just ask the staff to fill in that many days after the issuance date, whatever that winds up being. Right. So um, the, the best way that I think to to try to uh, think about this would be whatever, how, how much time do we want to allow for the, uh, the proposal to be released? So in purchasing, we usually like to have at least four weeks released for an RFP, something of this size. I think we would probably want to have closer to eight weeks or two months. I think there's a lot of information here and that to get a good quality response may take that long for a vendor to, to put something together. There may be subcontractors that they're going to need to discuss with. So my recommendation would be for an issue date, whenever it is, four weeks after that would have questions due. Probably a week after the questions are due, have the answers posted. And then three weeks after that, we could have the proposals due. That would be my recommendation. Um, 
and that's that's how I would probably want to see it structured. So that would give that would give them eight weeks total after the issuance date to submit the proposals. Right. Yes. I would think they'd need that much time for something this complex. Right. Yeah. And and that's also as um, part of the process. If we were to find out during the those eight weeks that vendors were struggling to pull all their information together, we could always release an addendum extending this. I'm not saying that we have to do it, but it, it does happen occasionally that we need to extend an RFP for any number of reasons, and we could absolutely do that. If that's, if that's the, uh, the feeling that we're getting, if we're getting emails or if I'm fielding phone calls saying, look, this is, we're really under the, the um, clock here. Can we extend it? Is there any way we can get an extension? I could, at a meeting, discuss with everyone to, uh, to ask if you would grant an extension, and then I would be able to post that and let the vendors know. So that's always an option. The other thing is open. Do you guys want to chat about that? Chris? Yeah. Like it seems like four weeks is traditional, and eight is kind of the expert suggestion. I mean, you, just to, to give some um, context, uh, I've seen, and I don't know, this was a, some longer RFPs. I've seen them out for six plus months. I mean, uh, I've seen some out for, you know, three months. Uh, so eight weeks is is a good amount of time, but you also don't necessarily want it to just keep lingering and just have extension after extension after extension because then nothing nothing would be able to get accomplished. So um, I'm not trying to throw my own personal point in here, just uh, kind of what I've seen in my time within this role. Well, then just to keep things moving along, I would, I would indeed move that, that we set the due date, uh, the date of four weeks after the issuance for questions, one week after that for answers to the questions to be posted, and three weeks after that for the final due date for the proposals. There's a motion by Keith, which has been seconded by Kim. Can I just raise a point of clarification also? I assume because city staff will be the ones issuing this, that when we talk about the day after, we're likely talking about the next business day after? Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. I just, unless somebody objects to that, I would hope that that's the understanding of what's meant here. Yeah. And that means then that all these four weeks, one week, and three weeks later, those would all be, by default, would be business days also then. Correct. Yeah. Right. So we're more or less looking at the middle of August or so? June. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right, so there is that motion on the floor. There is obviously discussion that can be opened up if you guys want to extend it a little longer. Um, all right, you know, no, I don't mean to interrupt. Point of clarification? My, right. Yeah, my yeah. only thought is this, and I don't know what may come in. So traditionally, the way that questions work is all questions get, get sent to purchasing, <clears throat> so that would be myself, from all the vendors. We compile them, and then we, 
we ask the different um, agencies, whether it is uh, something that I'm working on, for example, water or parking, uh, if they could answer the questions that are um, geared for them. Some of them might be purchasing procedural questions that I can answer. With something like this, of this magnitude coming in, I don't know if questions may need to be asked of this committee. So, in which case, one week isn't enough time to answer the No, question. because I think it probably we would need to have a committee meeting to to answer them. So my so my, my, my thinking would be that I'm, I'm looking at the future meeting dates here. Maybe have questions due by August 3rd and at the August 4th meeting. If there are any questions for the committee that we could discuss them. I think we need a couple of days though to review that. Or, or would you want to see... See, I don't, I don't know if there are any that would come up, but if there would, if there were some to come up, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, that's I mean, a good idea, but I think they they should be due not just the day before the meeting. Okay, okay. Um, oh, so I'm sorry. Was somebody else saying that too? Uh, I would say August first or before. Oh, so yeah. So you would have, the, so we would send out the questions beforehand, so you could start looking at them and seeing if okay, they okay, okay. okay. So I'm looking at a, a calendar. Here, and if we're hopeful that it'll get issued on the 16th, one week is June 23rd, two weeks is June 30, uh, three weeks is June 7, four weeks is June 14. So you could make the questions due. Uh, I like the 29th. July. I'm sorry. Yeah, July 14. You could make the questions due. Yeah, you could make the questions due July 21 even if you wanted. So extra time to think about the questions. I don't know if it's better to, or you could give people five weeks before their questions are due. Yeah. And that'll lengthen the overall process, which might be okay if this is such a complex yeah. one. Just if you make questions due to July 21, even if there needs to be a mayoral veto override, that would happen at the June 21st Common Council meeting. And so you could, I mean, if that gets released that week, it's still about a, a month okay. for questions <coughs> to be submitted, mm -hmm. even right. if, we, you know, the process gets extended a little bit because of a possible veto. Good point. And July 22 is a Friday. <coughs> July 25 is a Monday. I don't know if people like their things due on Fridays or Mondays. It doesn't matter to Monday. me. Monday? Gives them the weekend to work on it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, don't have, I don't have a calendar for me. Is this like 11 or 12 weeks now? Or? No, no. <sighs> um, well, there's, I got. July, oh, look at you. July 25. If we have questions due that week, and then any possible questions would come before your committee on the fourth. The fourth. I, I guess what what I'm trying to um, I think get towards is if we were to discuss questions on the fourth, and we were to release answers on let's say the fifth or the eighth, I think you probably still want to give because the vendors have questions. So when you release them, they're going to need some time to. Digest and process the questions, and then gear and tailor their proposals, probably from towards the answers from those questions. So I think you should probably give at least three weeks after questions have been released 
not so to always give them a little bit more time after. It's not like questions will be released on the fourth and then answers. Answers, excuse me, will be released on the fourth and then you know everything is due on the twelfth. Okay. Because that that happens to be eight weeks. I think whenever answers are released, we should at least probably give three weeks. Does that make sense? So if this body meets on the 4th and has opinions about the answers to the questions, and then um, staff goes back and, you know, Friday is a busy day, so staff works on typing up the answers the week of Monday, August 8th, and let's say issues the answers by Wednesday, August 10. Is that enough time to, to put those yeah. answers together, yeah. do you think? Absolutely. Um, and then as long as my office doesn't have to be involved, there's an election on the 9th. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, you guys wouldn't have to be. No. Um, are you going to be on vacation in August at all? Mm, yes, but on the 19th and the 22nd. Okay, so we'll avoid those dates. So if the, let's say the answers are able to be prepared and distributed to the bidders by August 10, and then three weeks after that is... The 31st. Wait, is that three weeks or is that just two weeks? No, it's three weeks. Oh. When's Labor Day? Oh, the 5th. Okay. So do you want to give people until exactly August 31? Is that enough time? I'm fine with it. Yeah, I think, I mean, we should give them three weeks at least until Just so to say that's almost 11 weeks after the issuance date for the issues on the 16th. But I thought we were working on the 21st date, not the 16th. Just thinking that this might well, not go through is what I'm thinking. I mean, best case scenario is the yeah. 16th. Yeah. At the latest possible. Right. And it could potentially even be earlier than that based upon when the mayor signs the right. proceedings. Mm -hmm. That would be best case scenario. If there's a veto, oh. then it would be later than that. Which is, yeah. So picking hard dates now. <laughs> that's, that's, why oh the, my that's why the original proposal was based on not hard dates but on weeks because we don't know when this thing's going to issue. Okay. So having the concept of a few weeks. So, what, so let, let me think of it a, another way. If we get so, so what if, what if questions come in that require this committee's attention? Is there any way to interrupt the deadlines? If, oh, do an extension. You can have a special meeting. You can hold a meeting whenever you want. Absolutely. Maybe we should do that. Just if, if you could move your July meeting two weeks later if that works out better for the timeline. That's, it's up to this body. Well, well, that's an idea. What, what if we were to go with the original motion with the, this, the set weeks, and then once we know what those weeks are, let's just reschedule our meeting to, so that it happens before the issuance date, I mean before the answers date, so that we have an opportunity. It's fine. I mean, yeah. What do you think about that? Or at least we don't. I don't know. We need to do anything about that right now. But just keep in mind that we can be flexible about rescheduling our meeting if need be to yeah. accommodate questions that, if there are questions that we need to address. And just to clarify, does that original motion meet that time allocation that you? 
The only sort of... Because you, you said there may be more... Yeah, the only potential thing that I can think of is if it were a mayoral veto and then an override was necessary, three weeks for questions would put you after your July meeting date, so there may need to be an additional meeting scheduled in July as opposed to just <laughs> rescheduling the July meeting if it happens sooner. I'm, I'm a little confused on the question you're asking. So, so, so the original motion was to was to the day after it the issues the day after the full four hundred thousand is approved for eight weeks. <coughs> then, then four then weeks later, four questions weeks later, were due. questions are due. One week later, responses answers, answers will be posted. And then and three weeks after that, proposals would be which due. is a total of eight weeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay. total of eight weeks. Right. So, so the only concern I see is leaving only one week for answers presumes this committee can get itself together for a special meeting on very short notice within a week. And it would be probably even less than that if answers were due a week later. You'd have to have a meeting mm -hmm. scheduled within mm -hmm. a couple days. Although um, we may not need to do that because once we know how these dates fall out, we can just reschedule, go ahead and preemptively reschedule our meeting to be before the answers date. But after the questions date. So in yes. that, within that week. Yeah, but we could have, we could give her, that would still give us yeah, like a month to schedule it. You know the release date is because you'll, you would know when questions would be due mm -hmm. and then answers mm -hmm. would be due once we have a definitive RFP release date. Exactly. That's what I'm And saying. then can reschedule the okay. meeting. And so the oh, idea is at that point. All right. So the idea is going to be that this body is intending to reschedule that meeting um, on the assumption that there will be questions that need your input. Uh, and as soon as the first date happens, we'll know when that week is, and then this committee is we'll going to reschedule your meeting accordingly. And we'll is that what I'm that. hearing? We'll probably know that by the July 7th meeting, <clears throat> what the release date was. So you could probably plan on that, the July 7th meeting not happening or are you talking about changing the July meeting not the August meeting? correct right oh. but we should know when I mean next week we'll have a better idea yeah. of when the potential release date is going to be if not definitely the week after to where we can think about rescheduling a date if necessary and based on those dates just reschedule if they see that the dates or you know up. with you know I've our office does this all the time with other committees, um, you know, pull the committee and figure out kind of based on the time frame what days work for people so we can get the most people here and go based on that. So, so Brian, in, in terms of the questions that we, we might expect, I'm thinking right. how are we going to answer the questions? Is it going to be done in, in, as, as, a, as a committee, which could be difficult? Uh, is there another way of doing it? When questions uh, follow the release of an RFP in general, can you give us an idea about what they are, uh, the type that... Uh, I mean, the questions can literally be a, a whole range of things. So it, it might be procedural stuff, people asking, purchasing, you know, uh, questions about will there be a bid opening, will there be a... You know, do you want this stuff electronically, all things of that nature? Then there might be some questions saying, 
you know, can we take a tour of the uh, of, of all the different police stations? Can we have you know, can we have access to any reports that have been written? Can you please state the uh, the is there is there a somebody from the and I'm just coming up with potential questions. Can you uh, can we talk to you know different uh, officers from the MPD you know to get a sense of of what they're experiencing? It might be questions like that. It might be questions like um, you know I mean they very well will could be asking questions about the budget because this it will be public record so they probably have seen the budget and if not they may ask what the budget is um so it could be questions of, of that nature as well okay. Okay. just trying just trying to get a sense yeah. for the, the complexity of questions and whether that's something that we would be able to to respond to whether you might be able to respond to some of those otherwise that could create a glitch if we can't we can't respond on a timely basis. But it sounds like, in general, probably most likely that we are going to get questions regarding the the details, maybe the mechanics yeah. of, of of the of the RFP. Um, so I, I think that's that's probably something that, that we should be able to to respond to within a meeting. And and also, um, if. If we were to get, and I've had I've had uh, RFPs with more than a hundred questions, if we were to get just an exorbitant amount of questions, we could always, you know, extend uh, the amount of time we have to respond. I usually like to give one week just to try to keep everything focused and on point. But if there's just a ton of questions, we could always say we're gonna, you know, we'll respond by this this date. And we'll extend the RFP by however much time. I'm not trying to make it too gray here, but uh, it is a kind of a moving target in terms of when stuff comes in, how much work there is, and when we're able to get it released. Brian, doesn't the RFP in itself say that the city reserves the right to change the deadlines and modified dates and uh, accordingly. Uh, I believe it does. And, and you don't have to look it up. I'm almost yeah. positive that it, right. it does. Um, so the challenge, and ordinarily that would be a staff decision, so the challenge here is figuring out how to work some of that decision-making in so that if there is something that the committee cares about, if there's a very substantive question, like if somebody says, Section 2.5.1.3 says this, you know, we don't understand that. Can you explain it or some, you know, if there's a very substantive question, this committee might very well have some input on how to answer that question. If it's a question about the mechanics, I would, and, and if all the questions are about the mechanics, that to me, I would think it would be more efficient for staff to just handle those questions themselves. So the trick here is that we can't predict the questions ahead of time. Uh, sorry, that was just a comment more than a suggestion. <laughs> yeah. um, so we're in the middle of a motion, right? Yes, we are. Um, yeah, so we're, it's been seconded by Sue, or is it? Yeah. yeah. So, Kim, forgive me. 
Thank you. So it looks like we've heard all sides. We've heard, you know, Laura's concerns, Brian's opinion, and is there any other, do you think we need to extend it, or is there a modification that needs to happen to the motion? Are we comfortable with where it's at? I think, I think we should go ahead and approve this motion as is because we do have other options available later on, as Brian was explaining. So it makes sense to kind of get our feelings down and what we intend to have happen in writing and, and recorded. And then if we do need to change them, we can do so accordingly later. Yeah, it seems like a pretty fluid process, like we're not set in stone. So, all right, we'll put it to a vote. All those in favor, signify by stating aye. Uh, all those opposed, nay. All right, motion carries. Um, so I will uh, adjust these accordingly. Have, um, would it be best now to go through section by section uh, and discuss the changes that we have made? So this reading as the, the final version. Meeting? No, everything has just been updated. Um, so this is essentially a clean copy. There, there hasn't been any changes. It was just simply uh, this. Uh, everything has been in, updated in here. So you just so. moved all the track changes and exactly. cleaned it. Cleaned yes. Up. Yeah. Was there any reason why we need to revisit any of this? No, not necessarily. No. Just to do a quick brush over. If you wanted to change a few things, we could. If not, I don't um, see a value of that. I don't see a value of doing all of that, going section after section. Yes. Yeah. Once, um, once we have the, when you, when, um, would you want the one that gets released, or would you want? Yeah, that that would be sent out. Yeah. When it's all done, when it's going out to the. Um, uh, vendors when it's being posted on our sites um, then uh, that would that would be sent out and and actually um, I don't know if I mentioned this before but if there are if anyone has a contact or a company or person that would want to get a, a copy of this sent directly to them then um, if you want to email that that email to me I will make sure that they're on the list so that they are sent a copy. If there is a vendor out there that maybe you know somebody who has experience doing this or wants a copy, then uh, let me know, and I'll make sure that when it gets released, when it gets broadcast, that it will go to them. Um, just one point about the to make sure before you, um, in case you're intending to vote on approving the final version. Um, the final version that's in your attachments today that's entitled 6.2 draft RFP, and that's the one that's up on the screen here. That one is the most recent. It doesn't have all of the boilerplate stuff attached to it, so it's not the complete document. Um, and because we're being very particular with all of our processes here, um, I just want to make sure that you understand that those boilerplate things will be added. And the boilerplate things are shown in the draft that's called 5.19. That draft, I think, was about 38 pages long, and it, uh, after the substance was all of the city's standard boilerplate 
documents. So those would be included in whatever you guys approve today. So 5.19 is the full? full it's copy. the full thing, but it's parts of it are old. Okay, okay. Um, still needs to be updated. Okay. So it'll be 6.2 plus the boilerplate from 519. And I think we were just trying to save paper um, or bandwidth by not repeating those on, on the version that you have today. Go ahead, John. <laughs> um, I just had a question about the RFP. It was my understanding that the uh, equity coordinator said they were going to run their equity lines over it before and kind of talk to us about what they saw in it. Is that still going to happen? I mean, given the deadlines, I'm not sure if we – well, based on the last time uh, the equity coordinator was here, I felt like some members of the committee were a bit um, – confused or like it was unclear as to how that would be incorporated into what we're doing currently and given the timeline or everything so or any type of decision made on whether we wanted them the equity coordinator the equity lens to be looked yeah. at or was it just a discussion where people felt uncomfortable about it it was a discussion uh, if i remember correctly there was a discussion that we were willing to to hear her input or their input on this, but we never voted on it. There was never a motion on it, and uh, I thought that they that she would come back to the meeting. She said that she was going to come back, but I think that we have met twice after she came in, or maybe this is the second meeting after she came in. I haven't seen her back, so I I don't I don't know. I wasn't sure about the last meeting, but this meeting, um, she has uh, events at school for her children, so I wasn't able to come tonight. Um, if it's something that you want to hear from her about, you know, the draft RFP, um, you know, we can. You could always ask her to come back at the next meeting. You could ask her to draft a report that could be distributed to the committee as well. It's up to you. Um, I mean, just for process or you know, point of view. She's the equity coordinator, but the city also has a um, racial equity and social justice team as well so um, it might be something that could be looked at by a group of people potentially Laura who sits on the tools uh, team and would theoretically be doing some of that uh, analysis um, but those are those are options that are available to the committee I, I really don't don't see the point of looking at this with the equity lens at this point since we have spent all this time working on this RFP that should have been done way before we even started doing this if I mean we're already done with this what difference would it make to this RFP having that other piece incorporated and I think that the people that helped us with this RFP have that equity lens vision to this RFP the community um, response team, I think, did enough work on that area for us to be kind of looking that again from the mayor's office or, or from these other committees that are formed in town. So I think that I, I don't see the value or the point of going backwards. So I don't know. No, Vero, I think you have a really That's solid point. Yeah. And to, like, to build on Mario's point, which hopefully answers Sean's question, is that I don't think the only intention was for her to sort of uh, mold, you know, the way the RFP was drafted through the equity lens. I think she was intended to come here, like, on a ongoing basis, like, just throughout the process of the life of the committee. So not just necessarily for the purpose of the RFP, but how are we running the meetings? Is it through the equity lens throughout the whole process, um, through 
July 2017. So I think. And I thought Gloria came back and said that they changed their mind. She wouldn't come every week, and it would just be an automatic review at the end of our when we approved. I have a vague memory of that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my memory as well. Yeah. Yeah, <coughs> and, and, all, and also, for, for this item, it's okay to discuss it, but we can't vote on it because it's not on the agenda. Okay? Exactly. So. Right. For what it's worth, then, I, I tend to agree with Veronica. I think we need to move forward with this thing without further delay. Exactly. And I think that, yeah, to answer the question, there's no need to postpone releasing the RFP based on that. So. All right. So. It, Sounds like we don't. Nobody really feels the need to go through it on on the PowerPoint. I think it wouldn't hurt. Yeah, I mean, if you if you guys feel comfortable, you know, based on the work that we put into it, um, you know, I think. Everything that's in there already, unless the staff, when going through this and cleaning it up, noticed anything that is a mistake or makes no sense, then I'm comfortable that we've already actually approved all of this. Yeah, so just so it's reflected in the minutes to have a, an, I'll entertain an official motion to adopt the, this well, RFP. We already did. I don't see why we need another motion to redo it again. So that, yeah, technically it already has been <laughs> approved and it's here. So. Okay. Yeah, no, exactly. All right, then no further discussion on that. Yeah, I think it's it's okay. I mean, this is the item that we're on right now is item number one, which is entitled Develop Final RFP for Police Policy Study. Um, we did have some motions on the timeline. Um, the document itself was approved at the last meeting. It wouldn't hurt to approve it again, but if you, and, I, and in a way, I think it would just be cleaner because of the way that we've been doing things, and particularly to specify which of the many several attachments that are listed on here. If nothing else, for people who aren't here now and who are looking at the minutes, because we have people that scrutinize the minutes and want to know what happened. So I don't think it would hurt if somebody would like to bring a motion that involved um, just sort of memorializing the fact that the version that's called 6.2 draft plus the uh, with the dates that were updated today plus the boilerplate <laughs> boilerplate from the 519 version plus just for fun form D fee proposal because that is a piece that for some reason, is its own document here down at the bottom, and that's the final one. And that also includes all of the updates that you guys requested uh, at the 519 meeting. So if, you know, uh, by the end of the meeting, the 6.2 draft also included the Form D proposal and the uh, boilerplate language. I wouldn't prefer to do it that way because the public who received notice of this meeting understood the attachments to look the way that they look um, right now. Yes, yep. Just, for, just note that we did, we already did approve and adopt Form D at the last meeting, according to our minutes, mm -hmm. right? 
<laughs> yeah, but now it's a different version of Form D. So we're just having issues with too many attachments here. It's a cleaned up version of Form D. Okay. Because you guys made changes to Form D at the last meeting. Um, and now those changes have been reflected in the document that's currently attached. And I don't know what if the old Form D is gone now or what. Okay. 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 Yeah. And 5.19 boilerplate only. And 6.2 with the date changes that were just discussed. Okay. So I'll entertain a motion for 6.2 with the updates that we made today as a committee that we voted on, plus boilerplate 5.19 to be specific, and Form D fee proposal. Is there a motion? Can I ask a question before that? Yes. On, on page uh, 6, in the Section 2.2, the contract term, we have there that the, uh, the final report should be completed and submitted by October 2016. Is that what we agree on it? No, the new resolution will reflect something different. Yeah, so it's different. Yeah, that's right. And, and this is why I wanted to review it. <laughs> Just a point of clarification. Can I, Brian, is it normal that we put a hard date for the contract term in the RFP? Could we just say a length of time, like one year from the start date of the contract, or? I think we should have a, we, yes, to answer your question, yes, we usually do have a term of contract in there. Something as unique as this, though, I think at least having something written as simple as one year would, would be fine. Okay. And I'm even thinking right now that it's hard for us to predict how long the work will take without hearing from the vendor, how long they think it will take for them to complete it. Um, and thank you for bringing that up because I had flagged that in an earlier draft and forgot. So it wouldn't bother me to remove 2.2 completely unless there's an urgency that, that you all are worried about. I mean, we're going to negotiate a term when we award this contract and we're going to tell people after talking to the whoever wins, to me, I, I feel like you're almost tying your hands if you try to place any date in the RFP. And that, to me, that's redundant because everything's going to be negotiated. Um, but do we, do, that makes sense, and I'm fine with that. My only other question is do we want to specifically ask them in their proposals to suggest a date by which they think they could complete the work so that we can consider that when we evaluate the proposals? I think we're asking them for a project timeline and a project that's plan. Right. So that's in there. That's right. You think it needs to be next? Uh, in a, there's a motion for it. Or could it say a year after? the date that was granted instead of just removing the whole thing? The date that the contract was signed? Yeah, the year after that, yeah. Yeah. 
I I would prefer to have something in here in terms of contract term just because it kind of follows the the standards that that we usually go by in purchasing. Um, but I could see it I could see it both ways. I'm just saying I I would prefer to have at least something in terms of time time in here. It doesn't we don't have to have a hard date just something saying that you know, a final report should be completed and submitted to the Madison Police Department Policy Procedures Review Ad Hoc Committee uh, one year after the signing of the the contract. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not comfortable with leaving it open-ended. Uh, right. I think that for any for any kind of work project that, that people need to know that there's an end date. They need to have some... Some some structure, some parameters. So one year, I, I like that language. Just not a not a not a specific date, but one year. It would have an end date. It's just one that would be determined in negotiations. Right. But you would prefer to have us set that time now. One year seems reasonable. And we can always unless an extension is agreed upon by the expert and the city. Yes. That works for me. And it will be – there will be a very hard end date or due date in the contract that gets negotiated. But it's fine to also tell them up front that we're looking at about one year mm -hmm. or exactly one year. Um, it, it, is, it, is, is, this, is it even conceivable that someone could do it in less than a year? Don't know. So we could say within one year or uh, such other date is negotiated with the city. Which would then allow not only for extensions, but also for a shorter due date if they thought they could do it. What do you think about that, Laura? I think as long as it's um, flexible enough to allow for reasonable negotiation based on the, you know, the reality of whatever kind of proposal we get. And I don't think we need to overthink this one either. So it, it won't – it'll be fine. Um, so within one year or such other uh, term as is negotiated with the selected uh, contractor okay. would work for me. We need to have a plural as well, contractor. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I, have, I have written in here uh, by one year following the commencement of the contract unless a separate date is agreed upon by the expert in the city. To me, those words don't go together. But um, you could say within uh, one year. Yes, another. For another, yeah. So uh, the committee here voting on whether we want to include a year. There seems to be a lot of discussion of what specific wording. I'm just trying to figure out. Do you want to vote from the committee saying we're happy with one year as the term? Or are we trying to, as a committee, write the language right now? I think there's a mixture of the ways we've kind of reviewed it, like as a team. So feel free to disagree. They're fine with one year, and then a hard day will be negotiated within the contract. I, I think that if we would vote on that, I think we'd probably get, you know, be able to get this through. Yeah. So why don't we just go with that? 
you like to do a vote, John? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think just to wrap up okay. the discussion, I think that the particulars of the wording is something you know that can be figured out. So I'll take that as a motion. Sean's final 2.2 version, seconded by Veronica. All those, any discussion for further revision? Possible? No? All right. All those in favor, signify by stating aye. Aye. Opposed, nay. All right, motion carries. Thank you, Laura, Brian, and Keith. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. Thank you, Mario. Well, we still have to, for, for, I was, I was sort of, I was leading, I was leading a, a, a motion. I was entertaining a motion that was completely loaded the gun. Um, so, but we haven't addressed that. No, so, but so, I wanted to. All right, just again to keep things moving along, then I will move that we adopt 6.2 as amended today. As amended today, yeah. Along with 5.19 boilerplate language, along with Form D. Am I missing any proposal yet? Yeah. Well, that's right. That's the motion. I'll second that. All right. This has been motioned by Keith, seconded by Mario. Is there any discussion? Sue? All right. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed, nay. All right. Motion seems to carry. I'm pretty positive that wraps up this agenda item, so I'll <laughs> hand it over to Louise. Oh, forgive me. Um, I'll take a point of privilege here. Uh, Dr. Galembiak uh, did uh, register for public comment a little after normally um, done so. So uh, if there's no opposition, well, he can come up here and give us a little bit of expertise if, if there's no opposition to have him speak. No, I want to keep it clean, Dr. Galembiak, if you don't mind stating your name for the record and then the organization you represent. And then, uh, Community response team. Yes, and then you'll have a – you'll be – you have three minutes, and it'll be by a big beep and when you're done. And it's actually less for me to speak because um, Laura suggested I speak because I was telling her that um, all the experts I spoke to um, suggested that an RFP of this nature and of this scope, typically one year would be appropriate. Um, so that was the main thing I just wanted to communicate. Um, the only other thing I'd mention for, for sending this out, um, you might want to contact Robin Ingalls at University of Cincinnati. Um, like she explained how she sent this, how, how she sent out their RFP, quote, everywhere, and she knows all the players, all the appropriate vendors. So, um, like, given how few appropriate vendors there are, um, compiling as large a list as possible would be beneficial. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. This, this is important in terms of how this is going to roll out. We've already discussed the fact that we are going to to, um, to approve the RFP benefit uh, uh, or pending pending the, the, the approval, discuss the dates. Now we need to discuss how the work is going to, to roll out from this point on and, and to discuss some specific uh, timelines. So for that, Brian, if you so we have up here, this was, and I believe this was, we had distributed this.
probably in April-ish. Uh, this is the process flow of how the um, the RFP will be released, and then it will the questions will be asked and answered, and the uh, proposals will be submitted. So, at this point. Do we want to get uh, dates structured for all of these steps, or would it be best if I just kind of went through them and talked about how much time they potentially could take? Probably the latter? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. So the RFP has been drafted, and we have that. Uh, The RFP broadcast dates, we know when – those will be roughly. We think we know when that will happen. Uh, questions asked and answered. We know when that will potentially be happening. We know when the RFP will be due. Okay. So once the RFP is due, we ask for it in two uh, in two pieces. pieces. Thank you. Uh, the price proposal, separate from the technical proposal. The price proposal will, why is that? and the reason why that is, is because we always try to make sure that the evaluation panel isn't influenced by the pricing that was submitted. So you can't always just say, well, they're the low-cost vendor, so regardless of how how their technical skills were proposed, we're going to go with them just because they were the low cost. We keep them separate, and we don't show the evaluation panel the the cost until after they've done their evaluation. Okay. Does that answer your question, Laura? Okay. Uh, No problem. Uh, Please, right into the next one. Yes. The, uh, well, well, (laughs) sorry. So, uh, in this in this instance, the city staff will check the RFPs for the minimum requirements, and uh, we can actually discuss what those minimum requirements are right now. So, Laura and I have worked uh, to come up with some of them so that we can make sure that once we present the proposals to the evaluation panel, everything has met. Uh, some sort of criteria uh, that we we saw would be responsible. So would the committee like to talk about the minimum criteria right now, or do you want Brian to finish running through, quickly running through these arrows? Uh, what's your preference? Why don't you go ahead and go through through your presentation, and we can okay. come back to that. All right, sure. We'd like to get an overview. Yeah. So um, assuming that... Uh, also concurrently, which will happen as we're reviewing the minimum requirements, we can also evaluate the, the pricing portion for those that have um, we've deemed have, have passed those requirements. The, at the meeting that happens after that, so probably at some point in September, I'm guessing, we will uh, distribute the, the RFPs to the evaluation panel that have met the minimum uh, requirements. Um, 
if at that point are we only going to be meeting once a month? I don't know if, if we if we're doing the once a month through the the summer and then it it looks like that's how we're going to keep keep going. So or, originally we um, we wanted to get some some dates on the calendar, and because uh, the the front front work was so heavy, we needed to develop the RFP. We felt it necessary that uh, that we meet twice a month. We can reevaluate this. Okay, well, okay. I would say that that we do so once we know what's been approved. Maybe at our July meeting, but okay. certainly through the summer months, we're only yeah. going to meet yes. once. But maybe yeah. uh, once it's uh, the um, RFPs start coming back, right? That after the questions, we can we can decide whether we need need to start okay. meeting twice a month again. Uh, because I, in my opinion, it's good. We're going to need at least a month, probably, to review the RFPs. I anticipate some of these RFPs will probably be pretty extensive, and it's going to take take some time for everyone to go through them. So I would want to see at least a month to to be able to give the evaluation panel to go through them. Um, it may, and I would not, I don't want to delay the process, but it may be you might need two months. Um, if, there's, if there's proposals coming in that could be a couple hundred pages, it could take a long time to, to go through them. Some of, some of it can be dry, and I would hate for anyone to rush through anything. So... We can cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, can I ask a question? Sure. Will those, will, will those proposals be confidential or will they be open to the public so that we can uh, – so what I'm thinking is can we call on some of our community partners to give us input and feedback on them as well? Well, that's a good question. So when standard purchasing practices – when proposals come in, we uh, they are confidential to uh, only the evaluation panel and the and who is the panel normally made up of? The panel is normally made up of uh, city staff or potentially a combination of city staff and uh, out people outside of the city city staff, so community members. Once. Um, in this instance, though, because this is a committee and the committee is the evaluators, I have to, and Laura, correct me if I'm wrong, the proposals become public um, domain when we release them. When you, when you distribute them distribute to this them. committee. Yes, to, to this committee. Mm -hmm. uh, We're pretty sure that we cannot, for example, hold a closed meeting to review the proposals because it doesn't fall into an exception to the open records law. So that just... Uh, yeah, that, and I believe Marcy discussed that with you guys early on when you were having your uh, decision-making regarding whether the whole committee was going to participate in the selection, whether it was going to be a subcommittee, or uh, at least it was explained to me that you guys already had a discussion about the these concerns and decided that you still wanted the whole committee to, to be the ones to yeah. uh, make the decisions. Right. So it, they... It's it's a yes, yes that's right it will go public but it'll um, be closed so it's not like vendors can modify their proposal based on what they're seeing in somebody else's because the the cutoff date will have happened oh, yeah, right no, right yes okay. yeah so I think I think though to answer your question um, this is such a unique instance normally we would say to a evaluation panel please. Uh, do all of your review work on your own. Don't ask outside 
for outside assistance. Don't talk to anyone else in your department. I think uh, in this instance, maybe uh, if Laura or even the chairs want to kind of discuss the best way you see fit, if if we're going to ask everyone on the evaluation panel to to please do all the scoring on your own, um, because if it is released, potentially somebody could talk with somebody else, right? Well, committee members can talk to whomever they want to talk to, and we can't tell people who to talk to and who not to talk to. And once those documents are are, uh, provided to this committee, they're complete open records. Now, the committee can't make decisions outside of the confines of a meeting because that would be an open meeting uh, violation. But as far as asking your aunt what she thinks um uh yeah that's and you know this is new territory so i think one thing that's not on here and i don't know that we have time for tonight is really developing the review criteria i mean the the scoring criteria that's going to be used should uh inform everyone as to how they're supposed to be scoring these and then whether they want to ask their aunt or somebody else i i i don't see how that would I don't see how we could tell people not to do that. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Veronica, Veronica, Mario, and then Tom. This is not this committee. The committee is going to be evaluating this thing. It's only going to score it, but the final decision is this body. Am I understanding that right? So the evaluation committee is different from this committee. They will submit to us the scores, and we decide at the end who gets the bed. No, uh, no. no a- a- actually, the we we are evaluating. We, we are, are the evaluators as well. We are well. making the decisions. The um, city staff will simply s- make the initial screening to make sure that that um, the the um, potential contractors are are crossing the boxes, completing the forms, um, and and then they will come back to us with the information. Let's say we we received six, and out of the six, two did not complete that information. They will still come to us, so we will see the entire packet. But we agree that the committee should be involved in the evaluation. And so evaluation. We will have it. Yes. Okay. And then Mario and then Tom. I was just going to suggest that it, since it seems to me that there are some questions that we have uh, in here, that we deal with that at the next meeting. Because the more we talk about it, the more time we spend there. and and I understand there are questions, but again, I would suggest that we deal with this with this um, sheet at the next meeting when hopefully we'll have more information, especially what's what's going to happen with the city council. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right, Mario. Um, but but we wanted to at least discuss an, uh, an overview of what this is going to look like. I'm and totally and okay with what, that overview. Yeah, 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 and that's what we asked Brian to do, but uh, we'll definitely need to reserve time to discuss the, the, the specific mechanics of how we're right. going to evaluate the criteria and also to discuss, you know, ethical issues regarding, hey, is it okay to check with Aunt Mary? You know, I, I, from, just from my perspective, I, I think that, it's, that, that that is good to check with as many sources as we, as we can to ensure that we are we – are, um, um, selecting, making the best decisions based, based on all the information that we have available. So I agree with you. Tom? Yeah, my question and answer. Okay, thank you.
right? Okay. So um, I believe where we left off was uh, the committee will evaluate the RFPs individually and send the scores to purchasing. Uh, and by individually, we are saying uh, don't, I think, get together with other committee members and do all your scores together. If you need to talk to somebody, your aunt, your uncle, your gardener, whoever, then um, then send then then send me the scores. Um, well, and they uh, may in fact do that at a meeting, at a, pop, a noticed meeting. I mean, right. uh, probably the homework will be read at home. But yes, yes, okay. all right. Um, I purchasing will compile the scores at the meeting where we distribute the RFPs. I will also be sending out an Excel spreadsheet where you will uh, record your scores. So it'll be pretty cut and dry for you to be able to put your scores there, any comments, and send them to me. And then I'll create some uh, some charts with all the, the totals in there. Um, at the meeting, so, so timeline-wise, that will probably be at least a month between when we release from one meeting to the next, um, between when I we release the distribute the RFPs when and then when we'll discuss them. So the, the committee will discuss the scores and decide on which vendors to bring in for in, interviews, presentations with guidance from the staff if needed. So we can um, we will discuss kind of thoughts on the on the presentation or thoughts on the proposals. We can discuss if anyone had any questions. Uh, discuss how how one one person may have read one question or one answer versus how another person did. Uh, I always say there's always an opportunity at at that meeting to change a score if if you feel as though you maybe were misinformed or just didn't uh, think about things one way and, and somebody convinced you that this is a better way to think about it. You can always change your score. That's okay. Um, Vendors present to the committee. So once a, a short list has been created, uh, I will contact um, the vendors and uh, invite them in to make a presentation to the committee. Uh, that would be a potentially a, a future meeting for them. Um, the committee would meet at, at a following meeting to discuss come to a consensus on a final vendor. So now the recommendation of the selected vendor made to the Common Council for approval via the resolution would have to happen at a uh, the, the following Common Council meeting. And then uh, we would start to prepare the contract with the selected vendor, and then the vendor would begin the work. So in terms of timeline, I would anticipate a month after releasing the RF, releasing the RFP for you to review, at least a month for, for your review, probably if you want to have vendors, I don't know if there would be vendor presentations at the same meeting or if if we want to have them at multiple meetings over the course of one or two, um, and then 
coming to a consensus would be following the meeting. And then the recommendation for the Common Council would be whenever the, the next meeting after that. So probably at least – is Common Council every other week or twice a month? First and the third. Okay. Okay. All right. But, Brian, it'll be just like any other resolution approving a contract. Right. It'll get introduced, and then it'll go to the Board of Estimates. Okay. And then it'll come back to the council. So once that once this committee has selected a vendor and, and a resolution is prepared to approve them, it'll it'll be four four to six weeks after that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so just add that to your. I'm assuming you're taking a mental timeline here. So, so wh where does that put us? About. I would say that would probably put us probably into December. Doesn't the Common Council only meet once in December? Yeah, early. Early, early December, I think. Right. And approval and signing process as well. So, yeah. That part's easy. Well, well. <laughs> maybe. I'm sure I'll be here. Friendly, civil, right? <laughs> I like. It, it'll be fine. Um, so, so December is a realistic, I a realistic and ambitious date to have a contract signed. I by. think. Yeah, I think getting getting something signed by December would be uh, ambitious. Not impossible, but just ambitious. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Okay. So, and then the uh, thank you, Brian. So, so that's that's kind of an overview with an idea about a timeline. Any any questions for Brian? Obviously, we need we'll need to come back. Perhaps at the at the next meeting, we'll know where we are, and then we'll need to begin to work in the on the evaluation process. Yeah, sure. I just have one question, just because I don't think we'll be able to even address it, is how broadly does the city of Madison generally broadcast our, you know, how broadly does our TV broadcast it? So we, we utilize two different um, broadcast sites, one being uh, a site called uh, VendorNet, which is a state of Wisconsin for vendors who have signed up um, for something similar to this, uh, to be notified for something similar to this. They'll get an email when, once this gets broadcast. Another is called Demand Star, which is a, a national um, a distribution site. So it'll be both of those, as well as any any emails. I can contact uh, Robin Engel to get emails for the, the, the select uh, vendors that they know of. So they'll be... Broad, they'll be contacting when this gets broadcast, and then um, I guess that's – does that kind of answer what you're thinking? I was just thinking to myself that if, if we had other channels that we wanted to broadcast, would we be able to send that to you to, to broadcast? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. That would help any, any other questions for Brian? If not, um, uh, Dr. Gallenbeck would – uh, wishes to speak, Dr. Gellendeck? You know the drill, stay under three minutes. A yep. uh, couple quick comments. Um, one, given the, given the low number of vendors, they're going to be fine. Um, I would suggest that even for um, RFPs that don't meet minimum requirements in, in one narrow respect or another, that the committee might want to see all submissions. Um, a second point I'm going to make, which 
Um, and this, again, is a um, suggestion from Robin Engel. This is an, at variance with the normal process. Um, like she suggested, um, like she, she distributed, for example, scoring cards, and people scored, um, but they didn't actually use the scoring as an ultimate basis for decision-making. They used the scoring only for themselves, given, like, all the nuances and complexity of, of these kinds of proposals. Um, what she was encouraging was, you know, using a scoring card just to get an initial basis for a decision and then, you know, free-form discussion, um, which would reshape, you know, people's impression of what was appropriate. I, I know that's not how it normally would go, but... Well, actually, no, that's, that's a good point, and I... Uh I would have brought this up at the meeting, but I can say now, the scores that are are figured out. So if, if we have four vendors and we have scores of, let's just say like 95, 92, 76, and 55, you don't have to only interview the, the top two scores. If, if there's, you know, discussion that comes out and it's, you know, the middle two, that's okay as well. The scores are just the starting point. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that going forward you have to go with the top score at all. So thank you. Thanks, Brian. And one last quick comment, um, and this actually goes back to an earlier point. Um, and Louise and Christian were both there at the BOE meeting, but I just wanted to mention, um, like, the city controller um, was expressing some apparent opposition to, um, like, the funding proposal, and – the memo that he wrote and sent to Soglin appeared to say, and this was, and he wrote it actually when it was just at the $200,000 level, that any expenditure of this sort should be delayed until um, the next budget cycle. Um, so basically waiting on this until, um, you know, until the next budget is being formulated. Um, was that your understanding also? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so basically that would delay everything by seven months. Um, I thought I should mention that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you. So, um, again, to uh, begin to wrap up this discussion, uh, the, the important um, next step will be for us to take a look at uh, scoring criteria. So, uh, again, through whatever channels you have, if you know of any other uh, similar projects, RFPs, you have ideas about uh, – uh, a way that we can use to evaluate these vendors, please bring them here. So and then also we can, we, yeah. Brian, we can work together to maybe reach out to, to the University of Connecticut. Dr. Gillenbeck, perhaps we might call upon you to help us with some contacts uh, since they've been through it to find out what their criteria was. So we can bring it to you for discussion rather than coming, coming to the meeting, to the next meeting empty-handed. If we can come at least with a framework of some ideas, uh, it'll be a good point of discussion. So basically we're asking for your for your assistance if you can if you can come up with some ideas about about how to how to conduct those evaluations. So with that any any further questions for for Brian? If not, Brian, thank you. Um, and then so we'll begin to put meat to the bone so to speak uh, at our at our next meeting, but at least uh, now we have an idea about about the framework and and about uh, the the work uh, the the workflow. Christian, any, sorry. Do we want to discuss the minimum qualifications at this juncture or not? 
Before we go, can I just ask one question? Is the plan that even the ones you've deemed to be not in compliance, will we see all of those or not? Yes, yes, okay. that was a decision that we made. Okay, so so they, 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 will, they will come to us to say these three did not meet minimum qualifications, but we will see, still see okay, them. Okay, yeah, sorry, that sorry. That was a decision that, that we confusion. made. Yeah. So you, you, your question now is what, Brian? I'm sorry. Um, I guess it doesn't pertain at this point. Okay. I think we're okay. Okay. All right. Any any further discussion on this topic? Otherwise, we'll move on. We're moving on. Okay. So the next item is to identify uh, additional community members to provide input. Um, again, uh, Dr. Ruben Anthony from Urban League. Um, you know, we he's, he's been gracious enough to let us use his facility. We we were trying to get him on on on. Uh, on our docket earlier, but it just it just did not work because of his busy schedule. I, I would recommend he, he is one of our community leaders, and I, I think that uh, um, uh, that we should hear from Dr. Anthony. But I'd like to ask ask you if you have any other any other idea. First of all, if you if you approve of Dr. Uh, Anthony, and if you have any uh, any other ideas for any other community members that you would like to hear from. I'll jump on that one first. Uh, I know that <clears throat> I've spoken with Dr. Ruben Anthony a couple of times already, and he is very anxious to come before this committee and, and give his, you know, his opinions and insights on what we're doing here. Uh, so I can vouch that he's ready to come forth Good. and uh, share information with us. Good. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Any other thoughts? That, that, that makes sense uh, to me as well. Um, I don't know if this counts as a community member, but it's someone I think we ought to hear from. I've said it before, but I really think we need to get on the agenda to hear from Chief Cobal and other members of the police department yeah. to let us know their perspective on their challenges and what they're doing to try to meet them now. Schedules of the chief and, and Dr. Anthony, I would suggest that perhaps we consider uh, in inviting inviting uh, them to or one of them to speak maybe in two meetings, uh, not not our next meeting, but I, because I believe that we really should focus on, on on getting the RFP off the ground, and we'll have to review what uh, what the council and, and the mayor have decided. So I'd like to to stay focused on the on the RFP, but perhaps. In, in two meetings, uh, um, Tom, do you think that would work for his schedule? I do. I'll go with Okay. All right. Thank you. Does that meet with your your approval? Yeah. N nods. Yes. Okay. Um, right. Uh, Christian, any any other thoughts about that? 
Mario. Yes, sir. Henry Menendez, the ED of uh, Centro Hispano, mm -hmm. and also uh, Kashua Ba from uh, Freedom Mink, the ED of Freedom Mink as well. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with the name. Kashua. K-A-B-C-U-A-G. Jen from Project Respect. Okay, so Jen Miyazaki and uh, okay. And Kashua's with with which organization, Mario? Freedom Inc. Freedom Inc. Okay. And I believe Kashua was invited before. I talked to her personally, and she said she never got an invitation, nor did she ever get a phone call or an email. So okay. that's why she didn't make it to the meetings that we had okay. her schedule for. Okay. I, I think I have current contact info okay. for Kashua. Okay. So thank you. So, so again, uh, the idea is not, not for the next meeting, but certainly for perhaps uh, in, in two meetings uh, down the road that we'll, we'll go there. And also, and also, um, I'll be interested in, in to hear the perspective uh, from the from the school district, what they what dynamics they are seeing out there with the families and and with the students. So I don't know who the best person will be from the district. If Luis, if you were in here, maybe I'll suggest you. Mm -hmm. But I don't know who would you suggest from the district. Yeah, I, I, I guess you'd be um, the superintendent, Mario. Okay. That would be able to kind of speak yeah. globally about all the all the issues in the school district. So, all right. Thank you. Any other ideas, no? Christian? No, I just wanted to maybe see if we wanted to use the old format where they present for 15 minutes or maybe a little longer and have a Q&A session, or do we just want to leave it open-ended for their comfort level that they want to share? First, uh, I think that we should leave it open because I think each and every one of them will have their different perspectives on how they see things, uh, you know, whether they're progressing or not progressing. So I think we should leave it open and let them come in and bring their expertise and their perspectives uh, all together and share with us. Yep. So maybe that would suggest for scheduling purposes the, the staff or the whoever's inviting them should talk with them about how long they think they want, would, would need to present Agreed. and then that way we can make sure we don't load up too much in one yeah. Yeah. yeah, And, and I, I would think that um, uh, perhaps uh, we'll need to schedule up to, up to one hour for each one um, uh, with so, so many issues, I think, to speak particularly from some, some, of the, some of the leaders. So anyway, but it's not something we need to address now, but at least to, 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 um, to put it on our, on our list of, of, of to-dos. So any, any other thoughts on, on this issue? On number three? Okay. If not, um, for future agenda items, uh, I think that uh, we, we have our, our, our work cut out for us uh, in terms of for, for our next meeting, in terms of immediate tasks. Um, to, um, to continue to work with the RFP, uh, some specific dates. We need to come up with, uh, with the selection criteria. 
Um, do you have any other thoughts? Please email them to, to Christian and I. And, and as we, we decided at the beginning when we started meeting, is that send us your, your ag agenda ideas, and we'll do our best to accommodate those. But obviously, I think that as, as your chairs, we also need to make sure that we keep the process moving. Um, but uh, any, any other thoughts, Christian, on that? No, that's pretty much it. Okay, so that, uh, that concludes our agenda. Uh, unless there are any objections, I, um, I move that, uh, that we adjourn. Any objections? Anybody want to stay longer, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Good meeting. Thank you.